When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hey everyone, Sam here today. No Tom with us on WGTA this week. He's out on the lash, but he does send his love. And of course, it wouldn't be WGTA without him. So I've got him to send in a couple of voice notes, just so we can sprinkle in his voice here and there throughout the pod. It'll probably be a very slightly shorter pod tonight. We're recording halfway through game week 15 or halfway through the final matches of game week 15 anyway. Uh, with the Newcastle and the Spurs games both going on as it stands. So it's Thursday, the 7th of December. Like I mentioned, we're halfway through those matches. And we are who got the assist. In this case, it's just I am who got the assist for today only. But don't worry, Tom will be back, hopefully with no hangover, on Monday for a full fat pod once again as we look ahead to game week 17. On today's pod, um, like I mentioned, it's going to be a bit shorter today. um, But I still want to do a quick flyby on planning during this period of the season. Should we be running it week by week with everything changing at just a moment's notice? notice at the moment or is there still value in planning ahead we as always also have some listener questions bowl claims and our teams ahead of game week 16 will be mapped out for you towards the end of the show as i mentioned thursday the 7th of december i've just noticed in the corner of my eye that romero coming back from the ban has ju- just scored his goal for a Spurs against West Ham. So that's about roughly how far we are into the matches, if you can timestamp that. And I will be keeping an eye on the live scores as we go. Speaking of, let's take a look at our live scores as we go into game week 15 in review. So my score up first at the moment, halfway through the Newcastle match, it's half time. They haven't conceded yet. So Hopefully, Lascelles can drag himself up to a clean sheet, but we'll see. At the moment, it's not looking too great. 25 points for me um, with four players were meant to play tonight anyway, but Ariola obviously is out with uh, a slight wrist injury, which is a bit frustrating. But I think considering the fact they were playing Spurs away, I wasn't really expecting too much from that anyway. So realistically, it's probably a zero-pointer rather than a one-pointer, especially with Turner coming off my bench, who isn't playing at the moment. It is a little bit frustrating because I did consider the Dubravka move, but I was also slightly worried that that would lock me out of getting towards another Newcastle asset in the next few weeks. So I will be reassessing that if it looks like Ariola 
won't be playing in game week 16, which could be a potential issue, obviously, the deadline and the match is only two or three days away. So if he's out for this week, he could easily be out for next week. Um, moving through the rest of my side, LaSalle's obviously the clean sheet for now is still intact. Saliba and Simakas, no points from my defence so far whatsoever. Um, Saliba, very frustrating, conceding three away at Luton is not ideal and Simicast not even getting on the pitch means that Charlie Taylor will come off my bench for that one pointer. Into midfield, um, at least Mbwemo got the goal before going off injured. Um, I was out at a work Christmas party last night so um, I saw the goal go in and celebrated obviously and then I got a whisper in my ear saying oh by the way um, he got subbed off like 10 minutes later so that wasn't the best. Salah blanking as well um at least he got the clean sheet point but getting taken off early against Sheffield United was not ideal although it did mean Darwin actually did get minutes and despite the fact he got a return only getting three points is a little bit frustrating although he did outscore Ollie Watkins so that gave me a little bit of uh pleasure having uh, sold Ollie last week as well. Obviously, I'm still way down on that move and I'm not enjoying the consequences of making that move as it stands. Saka obviously returning, but only one in uh, a four-goal route. So that's not ideal again, but he is ticking over um, elsewhere on the pitch, Harlem blanking as well. So 25 points for the time being. Not ideal. It's definitely going to be a red arrow as things stand, unless Son and potentially Gordon can pull something out. If LaSalle gets a clean sheet, the score will look better. But obviously, with all the Trippier owners out there, I don't think that will do much good for my rank. So I will hand it over to Tom now. Hopefully this voice note works, but he sent me something about a minute long earlier on today to summarise his team, uh, which as it stands, I'm not sure if he mentions it on the voice note, is on 32 points. So uh, a bit better off than me as it stands. But let's hear from him now. Hi everyone, yeah, bit of a dog's dinner of a week, I think. So something that's shared by everybody. Uh, Salah had done something that was really nice with 120%, 130% EO, something like that. Um, but yes, not not great. Um, good rolling the transfer, I think. Um, obviously, Ariola being out this evening is not great. Uh, means he's going to be have to be replaced. Um, quids in for people who did Dubravka. I um, think my kind of arrow destination, which Sam got date on a little bit, um, will be dictated basically by what happens in terms of Newcastle keeping Vinci or not. I've got the Newcastle defenders. But yeah, it was good parts. Ben White and Gabriel Martinelli actually got returns. Hooray! I was very happy about that. Um, but yes, uh, <laughs> a steady decline down to nothingness. Um, and yeah, with the injuries, um, I'm just very glad I've rolled two free transfers. Um, I've got loads of issues still with obviously now Ariola. Um, I was, did mention I was looking at Sanchez, which is kind of a near certainty now. Uh, Martinelli still got subbed early, so I think he's going to have to go. And also um, Bumo now injured. I've still got kind of that rubbish bench that I was talking about. But yeah, I mean, uh, after rolling and kind of everyone having a bit of a disaster week, I think we're kind of up at least having the, the free transfer. But I'm expecting another kind of red arrow. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Newcastle clean sheet. So there you go. Um, yeah, decent-ish week. 
Okay, so there was Tom. And as he mentioned, he did get returns finally from both Martinelli and Ben White. So those of you who listen week on week, I'm sure you heard me telling him to keep them. Um, I'm sure I must have said that on the pod at some point. So uh, I'm going to take full credit for that. It's uh, definitely my fault that he uh, was able to keep them. But no, in all seriousness, getting two returns from what are now 5% EO players is very healthy. And uh, yeah, I think Ben White particularly can probably stay for a few more weeks for him, uh, especially with Tommy Asu looking like he might be out for a little bit of time. Martinelli, on the other hand, seems like a player that Tom is pretty settled on getting rid of this week. And despite the fact there are other issues in the squad, we both have two free transfers. I imagine, I'm not going to put words into his mouth just yet, but I imagine we're both going to be using uh, two free transfers this week, if not potentially a hit as well. So that brings us on quite nicely to a fairly pulled together main topic for today. I won't spend too long on it, but I wanted to just uh, send out my ramblings on planning during the festive period, because planning for me is one of my favourite parts of FPL. I'm sure if you're listening to this too, you're engaged in FPL content, you like listening week on week to loads of different opinions and trends forming, bandwagons coming and going. And planning is basically the manifestation of all of the content you, you take in and you're able to then create your own beautiful laid out plan over weeks. I personally have a spreadsheet um, that I keep very private to myself um, that's even Tom doesn't get a look in at um, that will send me over the next eight or nine game weeks. But at this time of the season, despite the fact I really enjoy that, that planning element, it seems like those sorts of plans are very quickly eroded. And I think it takes some of the joy out of it as well. When those sort of plans that you've had for weeks and weeks and weeks, you know, a rough idea of where you're going with it. If a player like Mbwemo just gets injured um, halfway through game week 15, it does really throw a spanner in the work. So I wanted to talk about best laid plans for about five minutes um, today. It won't be a full content plate, but because Tom's not here, I will be playing both sides of the argument um, in terms of planning and continuing to plan. And then on the content plate, I suppose you'd call it, is embrace the chaos and embrace instinctive play moving through the festive congested period of the FPL season. So planning for some, not all, is one of the true joys of FPL. Like I mentioned, it definitely is for me. Nothing, in my mind anyway, beats looking at a perfectly laid out plan for weeks and weeks to come. Not to say that you have to have specific moves locked in necessarily, but having a good idea of how you want your team to transform over the coming weeks is something I really value. However, as we do head into the busy festive period, as I mentioned, so much changes really quickly and plans can become irrelevant in a matter of seconds, as we saw last night. Uh, and this can lead to hands being forced, plans that have been created with less than ideal amounts of research because we've only got maybe even one day, maybe less to plan out our moves. And then new avenues are then being explored that otherwise we wouldn't have walked down if we'd been given more time to construct our thinking and if the plans had come to fruition in the first place. So a couple of examples in the last couple of weeks, which highlighted why I think we need to talk about this at the moment, include Ollie Watkins last game week. Um, obviously, he did end up being fit, but quite a few of us had to change our plans or felt we had to change our plans based on that injury news. 
um, in the end, obviously, all was well. Um, I'm not bitter about that at all. Um, Ariola this week has got that wrist injury. So that is another plan that probably needs to change. It's a transfer that I hadn't really accounted for. And I think a few people probably hadn't either. But then on the flip side of it, Dubravka becoming an FPL option last week as well meant that people... who might have had plans to just hold on to Ariola for this week and beyond, moved quickly onto Bravka and used that as an opportunity to mix things up in goal. That wouldn't have ever been originally part of the plan. So that is also another example of moves being made to embrace the chaos, I suppose, at this time of year. Other other examples from this week obviously include Brian Buemo being out. He will be out for a number of game weeks, it seems, as well. And despite the fact Sheffield United was first up, obviously we won't get the benefit of that. Even if he was back for the week after, it's Aston Villa, then a blank. And then eventually he was meant to have that double game week that still hasn't been announced yet. And then he'd be going off to AFCON. So I think it's safe to say that he's probably a sell now, which changes our immediate transfer plans. Same goes for Matty Cash as well. I think in the best laid plans in weeks gone by, I think most of us would have planned and hoped that we could keep hold of Matty Cash with the idea that he would be good for Sheffield United in game week 18 specifically. Now, obviously, he's lost his place in the side as well. Doesn't look like he's a guaranteed starter for game week 18 by any stretch. So that's another plan that probably needs to change for other reasons. So the key question is, should we be embracing this chaos at this time of year and scrap future planning altogether and welcoming that instinctive gameplay I mentioned a minute ago. Normally, we would have that back and forth. One of us would be playing the pro template. One of us would be playing the con template. So I am going to play both sides of the argument today, um, but hopefully I can give a bit of a balanced summary of where our thoughts are. And hopefully Tom agrees, but he can always correct me on uh, X later in the week when he's recovered from his hangover tonight. Um, so on the argument for embracing the chaos, as mentioned, the plans we've carefully constructed can become irrelevant very quickly. So this can not only be inconvenient for us, it's definitely inconvenient for me this week, but also really frustrating. And to those of us that have had had lots of deliberation, have planned hours on end, building the perfect spreadsheet, building the perfect plan it can lead to a little bit of a less love for the game in general it can be really frustrating it can leave you feeling a little bit of bitterness towards fpl and less planning can actually mean that you're more reactive to the form players as well like i mentioned as well debravka coming in gaining his spot could be a really good value pick so if you've not had very specific plans for weeks and weeks and weeks in advance it leaves you more open to being instinctive, reactive, jumping on those bandwagons. And importantly, it means that you can usually get ahead of the crowd if you are more flexible and can make those moves quickly. Whilst there are the planners of the world, myself included, who may need to deliberate a little bit longer. Maybe we've got transfers booked in in advance in some cases as well. And it just doesn't fit into our plans to get the next hot pick and it can leave us quite a few moves behind the players who are playing more instinctively that are playing week to week and are able to jump on emerging trends that at this time of the season the games come thick and fast if you jump on one at the start of a week you could be three returns down the line by the end of the week with three game weeks done and maybe two or three price rises as well so that could leave you with 
a massive advantage and the possibility for greater upside whilst they remain differentials as well. But it is also important to note on the other side of the argument that that can also have negative consequences too. So it's all well and good jumping on an early bandwagon, but sometimes those bandwagons don't really ever leave the station. And I can think of a few key examples in years gone by where I've jumped on an emerging bandwagon and it hasn't quite gone to plan. And that can leave you a few moves behind the crowd if it goes wrong. So just a word of warning on that, that it doesn't always work out, but there do seem to be a few emerging trends and bandwagons at the moment. Uh, Dubravka is the first one that comes to mind that you could jump on quite quickly now if you haven't got those transfers booked in in advance. If you've got that little bit more flexibility, you can really utilise that, take advantage and get ahead of the crowd there. And also, importantly, get the value from those players before the, the rest of the crowd jumps on them. So there is a lot to be said for using that kind of strategy at this period of the season where you might not have a lot of time to react. You can be more instinctive with your gameplay and really take advantage there. So on the other side of the argument, on the no side, so on the, the planners of the world, it whilst it is frustrating when it comes, uh, when it goes pear-shaped rather, having a rough plan with key milestones in mind, even over a busy festive period, can be really helpful. So I'm specifically talking about things like AFCON, the Asia Cup, blanks, doubles, things like that coming, but also fixture swings as well over the festive period are all things that can affect not just one or two players in your squad, but also multiple players across your whole team. And you could put yourself in a really challenging position if you don't take them into account and have them marked as a point in your calendar for the weeks to come. So just as a quick example, having a player like Hyunmin Son at the moment is absolutely fantastic. You definitely want him in your side if you can. Highly, highly recommend. But all of a sudden, the Asia Cup will come around the corner pretty quickly in the next few game weeks. And OK, it's easy enough to jump off of just one player when that happens, but it just so happens AFCON is also coming at the same sort of time. We might get a double game week around game week 22. So if all of these things happen around the same sort of time and you've got maybe two players going off to the AFCON, you've got one player going to the Asia Cup, maybe two with Huang He Chan as well, who's becoming more popular. And then you've also got to consider doubles or blanks. All of those things can pile up and actually can make for really messy moves being made where you've kind of backed yourself into a corner a little bit and you might have to take minus four, minus eight to get out of it or even maybe use a free hit or a wild card if things really go pear-shaped there. So it's important not to lock yourself into specific transfers, especially too far in advance as things do change really quickly during this period of the season. However, knowing ahead of time which players you ideally want and don't want can give you a general direction of travel. So it can ensure that you don't stray down a dark path and back yourself into a bit of a corner in a few game weeks time with a big hit realistically being the only way to get out of it and to get back ahead of the crowd again. Also, and this is a little bit of a human element, and tonight is actually a really good example of that with Tom being away, but life gets busy at this time of the year. I had my Christmas party last night at work. There's a lot more social events, it seems, at this time of year as well. And with football kicking off every single night, with game weeks coming thick and fast, 
it's actually quite difficult to make moves instinctively and also yes okay i use the word instinctively but you do want to think about it a bit you do want to sort of pass the logic test and have a look at your side and see how that affects things moving forwards so for me anyway having a, a really good rough outline of the direction of travel for the next few game weeks and where i want to get to with my plans with my team is really important to me and it means that i can still go out and i can enjoy life and i don't need to necessarily be hunched over a spreadsheet constantly I've got that in the back of my mind. I've got a rough plan. Yes, things change. Yes, those plans will have to be amended in these busy game weeks, in this busy period of the season. But I still think having that rough outline can be really helpful and it gives you sort of a general guideline as to the direction you want to be heading in. This week, I think, is going to be a really good example of that. I'll come on to my transfers in just a bit. And it has been edited a little bit because of the injuries that have cropped up this week but also because I planned it in advance a little bit I knew a couple of the players I wanted to get to anyway and actually one or two of these injuries and rotations from the side have enabled me to jump on opportunities jump on these bandwagons even though I have planned them in for future game weeks a couple of them I can get in now so I think having those plans is really good because it means you don't necessarily have to forfeit life and you can go out, you can still have fun. Tom can be out with his mates tonight, for example. And you can sort of park FPL a little bit in the background, but still have a good rough idea of the direction you want to head in. However, do let me know in the comments below whether you're a bit of a planner, probably a bit more like myself, or you're an instinctive player at this time of year, because there are certainly advantages and disadvantages to, advantages to both approaches perhaps overall a blend at this time of year might be best. But like I said, let me know in the comments below. Hopefully you enjoyed a fairly short contemplate section today. Um, but yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, let me know in the comments below. If you're, watch, you're listening in on Spotify or um, Apple Pods or anything, let me know um, by tagging FPL Pricey, myself or WGTA on, on X, and we can have a little bit of a discussion about it. But anyway, for the time being, um, I'll park that to one side for now, and we'll move on to some listener questions before heading into bold claims and then finally transfers and captains. So we've got a few listener questions today, the first of which is someone who is a regular listener of the show. I think I've heard his voice once or twice. Uh, his name's Tom. Um, he seems to be asking, does Embuemo being out basically mean a minus four is fine if you've got a poor bench asking for a friend? I think that friend in particular seems like someone who has no idea about FPL. Um, but jokes aside, um, yeah, so Tom messaged me that earlier today, and I think it is an important question, and it ties back into the planning section we've just had as well. I think generally a hit this week could be pretty well hidden, considering the amount of moving parts in FPL this week. So Embuemo being out is a key component of that, but also a lot of us have a double up of Ariola and Turner in goal. So that's two free transfers there for quite a few of us anyway, if you want to make those moves. And then also quite a few of us have Simicast, Cash on the, on the bench, mainly for us now, but who have lost their place, or at least in Simicast's case, probably just rotated out for one week. But he's certainly not a guarantee. And then you've got people like Lascelles, who, yes, has his spot for the time being, but how many more weeks can we expect him to be starting games for before Botman comes back? back in we're not so sure so 
I think a minus four this week will be relatively well hidden by the fact that a lot of managers are going to be in a similar position. A lot of managers are probably going to want to take or need to take a hit, especially those of us who only have one free transfer rather than two. So when Tom's back on the pod, um, his moves will have already been made, of course. We'll know whether he took a minus four or not. And we have a voice note from him later on in the show as well. But in summary, I think if there was a good single game week to be taking a hit, a week like this where there is a lot of chaos, a lot of moving parts and a lot of fairly well-owned players that all of a sudden don't look like viable options moving forwards, I think you probably can hide a hit a little bit. And maybe this is a week where you could take that risk and maybe try and get ahead of the crowd again. So um, moving on from Tom's question, um, we've got a simple question from Dave next up, and that is Trent or Darwin. So without any context provided, in just a straight head-to-head, if I could have either in my side right now, I would 100% be favouring Trent over Darwin. The points are there. He looks electric. He looks absolutely essential to the way that Liverpool are building up from the back and creating chances. And Liverpool are also keeping the odd clean sheet at the moment as well. So we all know how effective Trent can be. He's one of the best FPL options over the last few seasons. Probably Mo Mo Salah aside, he's probably the second best option when we take the last five or six seasons into account. And he's really starting to show why he's such a good FPL option yet again. So I think just on a head-to-head situation, Trent is better. However, when we're talking about the structure of our teams, I think it becomes a lot more complicated. So Trent, realistically speaking, is going to be very difficult for a lot of us to get to without downgrading one of the quite pricey midfielders, maybe Son, maybe Saka. You can't really get to him by selling Mbwemo off for the likes of Cole Palmer, for instance, unless you've already got quite a lot of money in the bank. And even if you can bring together the money to get to Trent, that probably means you're foregoing Trippier, who also looks like a really good option, but for less money, one million less, in fact. So whilst I would say Trent is the better option in isolation, in terms of structure, it is easier to hold Darwin for the time being. That being said, Darwin is probably going to be a sell for me in the next couple of game weeks. For what it's worth, I think he will be starting the Crystal Palace game. I do expect him to play that game and I do hopefully expect him to do quite well in it with Palace not in great form at the moment. But overall, there's no question which one. Fundamentally, if someone gave me a choice, I would want Trent in my side over Darwin. Absolutely no question. I think it's just more of a practical question of who would be easier to fit into your side. I think it is still Darwin for the time being. That being said, though, I don't I don't think that's necessarily saying much right now. And Darwin probably can go or should go in the next couple of game weeks. So moving on to a question by FPL, uh, FPL Kudos. Um, how do we move on from transfer reg- regret? After a great streak of getting on players early that took me down to or up to rather 200k, He's recently done uh, uh, Gabriel and Darwin for two free transfers and Dubravka um, in one free transfer last game week. So the last last three transfers have been Gabriel, Darwin and Dubravka. Hindsight, he says, um, or they say rather, uh, hindsight says uh, play Leno and roll for this week instead of Dubravka was the move. Now, Obviously, Leno kept the clean sheet. So I think that is kind of hindsight a little bit because we still don't know whether Dubravka is going to keep the clean sheet as it stands. I don't think I've got a notification saying Newcastle have conceded and he does look likely to be starting games for the foreseeable. So I actually think that that was a pretty good move. I think getting in Dubravka, 
at, presumably at 3.9, you maybe you got him in at 4 million. Still great value for money. He should be playing for the next few game weeks. I don't think there's any problem with that in particular. Gabriel and Darwin, I think Gabriel as an option, is still great value for money. I think the only thing that would put me off him at the moment is the upcoming fixtures for Arsenal probably don't lend themselves to clean sheets that well. So I can see why maybe you're regretting those two free transfers for Gabriel and Darwin. But the question was more fundamental than that. It was more about how do we move on from the regret? So if you're regretting a transfer, um, I'll use Darwin as the specific example because I can relate to it. Tom can relate to it. I think a few of us out there can. Um I think the best way of moving on is to play each week on its own merit, on its own value. The past is in the past. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, it's annoying. And it's pretty hard not to get a little bit of rage if things don't go your way. But I always try my best to put that to one side, forget about the week gone, other than maybe taking the data on board and what we've what we've witnessed as information to move forward. But look at your team ahead for this game week and not necessarily about what happened in the past and try to replace the regret with potential for opportunity what do I need to do next to right this move was it a mistake was it uh, poor planning in, in my part was it something that maybe I can learn from moving forwards or was it something that was a good process it was just a really bad outcome and I think there's an argument for both in the case of Darwin, we didn't know whether Watkins was going to play. I presume you sold Watkins. I'm just um, relating to my own my own questionable decision making there. But Watkins, we didn't know whether he was going to play. In another universe, Darwin started and got a couple of goals. He, he did get a couple of big chances in that game. And maybe Watkins would have been out injured and then played Man City, who he did blank against. Um, so in another universe, it might have gone well. Um, obviously the outcome in this universe was poor, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the decision was terrible. Um, but maybe there are still lessons to learn. And so I would, in hindsight, not be necessarily looking at the points you might have lost, but rather the decisions you made at the time, were they based on good information? Was the process correct? And how can that inform your process and your decision making moving forward? And that's the best way I would probably advise moving on from transfer regret maybe play the hand you're dealt at the moment rather than looking back and wondering what could have been, for example. Um, moving on to a question from Mo, FPL Trophy. Hi, Mo. Um, do you think Raheem the Dream is a viable differential in the upcoming game weeks? I talked about Raheem um, on my own YouTube channel a little bit um, in the last couple of weeks and, and on X as well, I think. Um, I do like him. I do think he is a good pick. I think the the question for me would be what are you what are you foregoing to get Sterling in at this point? Yes, the fixtures are great, but there are a couple of key components that would lead me away from him as it stands. One would be the fact that Cole Palmer exists, who's getting really good minutes. He's pretty much running the show for Chelsea at the moment and even without penalties, I think his underlying data is comparable if not better to Sterling's. Now, with that in mind, you might already have Palmer and you might be looking at um, Raheem for Embuemo, for instance, and maybe you're foregoing someone like Anthony Gordon. That would make sense. But I would also then consider the idea that Sterling is on four yellow cards. So with the blank game week coming up, if you're replacing Brian Embuemo, who is going to blank in game week 18 anyway, 
bringing in Sterling, who could get banned for one game week in the next few, might be problematic. And I think on the face of it, I love Raheem as a differential. I think I think he's a great player. I've got a soft spot for him. And he is a very explosive FPL asset, as we've already seen twice this season. But I think whilst he's on four yellow cards, considering all the other issues we're seeing in our teams at the moment, with the amount of injuries that are cropping up, with the amount of rotation we're seeing, having a player on that tightrope uh, that is on four yellow cards and consciously buying them in at this point might be a little bit strong for my blood as it stands. I think once that that fourth yellow card is out of the way, they, if the band's out of the way, I would be recommending him a lot more highly. I think if you're in a good position, you've got a good amount of depth on your bench, then Raheem becomes very viable. And he's, again, a great differential for the matches that he is playing in. I'm just a little bit scared of that one game week ban he's going to probably have in the next few. And I don't personally have the deepest of benches at the moment. So for me... I think it's more obvious for me to go for someone like Cole Palmer. If you've already got Cole Palmer, then Raheem does become an option. But again, maybe just take those factors into consideration. Um, so moving on from that, the next question is from uh, Nathan Jacobson. So who is your favourite differential forward right now? That's not Darwin. Seems like a decent position, pardon me, to target as teams looks so similar at the moment and it is true teams do look really similar at the moment on on x um i'm seeing a lot of seven man forward uh, midfield and forward combinations of exactly the same seven players and unfortunately i'm probably going to be joining them on that in the next couple of game weeks as well one differential that i'd love to mention and give an honorable sort of mention to right now would be dominic solanke bournemouth are playing really really well Solanke is their focal point. He's on penalties, I, I believe. Um, I need to double check that, actually. I'm pretty sure he is, um, but I'll make a note in case that is incorrect. Um, but he's got great underlying data of over 0.5 XG, XG per 90. And Bournemouth are now looking like a team very much who are hitting their stride. They are pretty decent for the next few game weeks as well. And uh, the next question was actually from Kieran, who says, why do we continue to ignore Bournemouth? Well, I guess there you go. I'm not, I'm, I'm not personally ignore, ignoring Bournemouth. I guess I guess the question is, which other assets outside of Solanke would you actually be targeting? And yes, like um, a couple of midfielders are really putting their hands up at the moment. I've always had a soft pop spot for billing as well at random um but cliver as well um there are quite a few options there but i think when you look at the midfield options we've already been looking at in our teams i think there are at least five above them in the pecking order that i'd want to get to in midfield so it leaves probably the most favorable option as Dominic Solanke. So that is the differential forward I'd probably be recommending to Nathan. And again, Kieran, um, definitely not forgetting about Bournemouth. They are looking really good at the moment. Um, and Solanke would be high in mind, if especially if you're playing a 3-4-3 as well. I think that third striker slot, if you've got three playing forwards, Solanke is perfect because he's still pretty cheap as well. I think if you're playing a 3-5-2, it's Haaland for most people. And then that second striker, I think for the majority, they want to get to the likes of Ollie Watkins by game week 18, which means any sort of brief flirtation with Solanke would have to be for one or two game weeks at this point. So I think if you're in a 3-4-3, Bournemouth as a, as a concept would become much more appealing. 
and Solanke in particular as well would be um, the differential forward of choice. Um, shout out to Jimenez as well, um, who's scoring goals for Fulham all of a sudden. And Fulham are scoring a lot of goals again. Um, so maybe if you're feeling really frisky, you could have a look at him um, just as a really, really outsider uh, shout. But realistic. Uh, realistically speaking, I'd be looking at Solanke as a differential to target there. Um, so, yeah, final question. I tied it in nicely there, I hope, um, from Dave uh, CZ. Um, uh, we're all jumping on Fulham now, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm still busy catching up with all the Burnley assets I had to buy last week, Dave. So, uh, yeah, Fulham's the next one on my watch list. Uh, I think, realistically speaking, they're a good attacking side at times and there might be an option here or there. Anthony Robinson as well um, in the back line might not be the worst shout. I know Tom was talking about Castagna a few weeks ago and uh, Leno as well, obviously getting points at the moment too. So um, there are actually probably more options there than maybe we are giving them credit for. But for the time being, I think I'm going to steer clear for now and maybe wait for a few more weeks of proof before I start jumping on any sort of Fulham assets. Um, but yeah, those are all the questions for today. I'm conscious that I said this would be a short show and I'm already over half an hour. So let's move on to bold claims for the game week. And so in summary, we've both had a really good week. Um, so we are actually both scored our bold claim, I think for the first time, well, definitely for the first time, because Importantly, Tom is off the mark. He's actually got his first return so far. Um, I did have a little bit of a, not a go at him. That would, that would be hor horrible of me. But I, I think I think it was a bit of a beige claim, really. Arsenal to concede away at Luton. Um, maybe uh, that was uh, a little bit on the, the easier side. But then again, Arsenal are a very good defence. Um, and Luton don't score a ton of goals. I, I do personally think that they always look half decent at home and they do make it tough for opponents. So, um, yeah, I will 100% give him that bold claim. It's good to see him off the mark. Um, and now it is 4-1 to me because I, for no apparent reason, I didn't really think it would come true, but I went with Haaland to blank against Villa. Wasn't expecting it whatsoever, but that came off as well. So it is 4-1 uh, to me at the moment. I think that's two bold claims in a row now for me. So um, the streak will certainly end here and I'm sure Tom will catch me up very comfortably and overtake me by the end of the season. But moving on to the bold claims for this game week, uh, I'm going with something a little bit different um, and I'm going for Huang Hee-chan to get two plus returns against Nottingham Forest this week. I think Forest do look like a team on the ropes right now. Wolves look like a bit of a team in the ascendancy and Huang as well is playing really good football, is on the end of a lot of what they're doing and I can see him getting a decent haul against Nottingham Forest. So that's my bold claim for today. Tom's if I remind myself, ah, yes, is another Arsenal relevant one. So he backed them to concede against Luton. So um, the clean sheet whisperer is striking again. I think he's going to be backing that double Arsenal clean sheet um, that he's got at the moment. And hopefully they will keep that clean sheet against Aston Villa. Um, I guess there's a lot riding on it for him in particular as well. Arsenal fan, for one, um, has doesn't have Ollie Watkins in his side, nor do I. Um, and then obviously he's got the double Arsenal defence as well. So fingers crossed that comes off for him um, and he can get his second point and second consecutive bowl claim in a row correct. 
So um, let's move on to our teams ahead of game week 16. This is my team on the screen as it stands. Um, I won't run through the whole thing. If you're watching on YouTube, um, obviously you can you can see it, but I'll run through some of the key players that um, I think are probably going to be issues at the moment. So Ariola in goal, first and foremost, is potentially an issue. I will monitor press conferences going into game week 16. Maybe there's a chance that he's fit again and will come back into the starting lineup. Although I would wager if they keep a clean sheet, then um, potentially... Oh no, they can't keep a clean sheet, can they? They've already conceded, of course. Um, I would I would say that, yes, he should come back in, but Fabianski is a decent keeper. If he's looked good tonight... Okay, no clean sheet intact, but if he has looked decent, maybe there's an outside chance that he loses his place anyway. Obviously, Ariola hasn't been doing well in our FPL sides or um, particularly well for West Ham either. So he might be a player I need to get rid of in the next couple of game weeks. Might be one that I can uh, kick down the road a little bit further um, for the sake of taking a hit um, instead of taking a hit this week. But he is a player that I might need to uh, be considering getting rid of pretty soon. Outside of that, um, my back three at the moment, Lascelles, Saliba, Simakas, not really expecting much from any of those. Simakas is probably the most likely one to keep a clean sheet. Hopefully he comes back into the starting lineup. I am expecting him to. Um, but then when you look at the bench, Matty Cash is staring me in the face with Arsenal at home. Ideally, I want to upgrade that position imminently. So he is one of the transfers out this week, I think. And uh, the player I'm looking at as it stands, despite the fact they play Newcastle at home in game week 16, is probably going to be Pedro Porro. I really like his attacking upside. I like the positions he gets into on the field. And the fixtures after game week 16 are looking really, really good for the long term. So I hope that he will pay off the transfer for me over several game weeks, even if game week 16 itself is a bit shaky. Just as a general note, I think game week 16 is going to be really hard to come by clean sheets for. So I don't really mind jumping on another player that I'm not expecting a clean sheet from, um, especially as it feeds into my planning longer term. He is a player that I wanted in my side in the next few game weeks anyway. And with Matty Cash dropping in price, dropping in stock really quickly, I think getting that move sorted before he drops any further, before Pedro Porro gets another price rise, could be really important for me. So that's probably going to be one of my transfers this week. Um, the other one is going to be Brian and Buemo in midfield. He is confirmed out for this game week. I'm probably look at, looking at Cole Palmer personally. Yes, it will be a template midfield five, but... I really like Cole Palmer's data, the fact he's on penalties and the fact that Chelsea have great fixtures, including a good game week 18 fixture as well. I think it's just all pretty simple. It also means that I've got plenty of money in the bank to then be upgrading players like Ariola, like Simakas um, over the next few game weeks as well. So I think that's a bit of an enabler for me, but it's also great value for money. So really for me, I think that's going to be pretty simple. Um, outside of that, I think my captaincy armband is going to be on Haaland away at Luton. Who knows? Maybe he does get rested against Luton. He has played a lot of minutes recently, but realistically speaking, I don't think I could um, put that captaincy armband on anyone else this game week, knowing the chance of him scoring and, and 
playing that game is still fairly high. Um, outside of that, Salah being away at Crystal Palace, we've got fond memories of Liverpool against Palace. I think it was 7-0 the other season. So Salah could still be a really good shout. But I think overall, uh, Haaland for me gets the nod. Um, Tom has sent another voice note. I haven't actually listened to it back. So hopefully this is going to be about his team and how he's set up for game week 16. But I'll let Tom take it away from here. So yeah, transfers and captains for me, I think now is a good opportunity just to get uh, the goalkeeper out. I'm probably looking at Sanchez for that. I think Mbuma's going for Palmer. I think it might be a good time now just to do Marcelino to Saka, just get Saka done in. And that does still leave me enough money to get Watkins in for Nunez. Um, and I do think that it's likely that I'll end up having to go with Shah um, rather than Trippier at the back, um, which is kind of all doable. It's all OK. Um, I need some Newcastle kind of defensive cover. Uh, but our team is you know, in OK shape. I think it'll be a minus four for a lot of people next week. Um, so you know, it's OK week to hide minus four, but I kind of wish that I was better planned. It still leaves me with a bit of a few issues. So game week 18, I'm looking at still having Kabore and Taylor and Archer all playing. So maybe I'm looking at another hit down the line. Um, but it is what it is. I'll take the minus four. Probably this week. It's my sixth hit of the season. So, yeah, I've got a problem, Sam. I've got a problem. Uh, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Fair enough. Well, uh, good to hear from Tom there. It does sound like he is selling Martinelli. Um, so, yeah, thankfully he did get the goal before he got rid of him. I'm really glad for him. Um, and, yeah, minus four, like he mentioned. Um, the question earlier on from him was, can we hide or, or can we... Um, take a minus four pretty comfortably this week it seems to be that he agrees with me that we can hide the hit fairly well this week so maybe if you're out there and you're worried about taking a hit it seems like a week that maybe you can get away with it a little bit easier than others and maybe hide it a little bit where others are also taking that minus four but generally I like the look of his side ahead of game week 16. Um, Fingers crossed we both get green arrows but you never know an FPL Um, but yeah Listen to the press conferences. Make sure you stay up to date with any injury news. And uh, yeah, hopefully um, my ramblings tonight were maybe not quite as good as Tom's um, when he's about. But hopefully it uh, gave you a little bit of something to think about ahead of game week 16. I hope you all enjoyed uh, listening to a fairly short version of WGTA tonight. Really do appreciate you listening in. Um, We were, or I was, who got the assist for tonight. Uh, You can find Tom and the main account on X at WGTA underscore FPL. You can find myself at FPL Pricey on X, Instagram, threads, and on TikTok technically, I think as well. And also on my YouTube channel um, at FPL Pricey as well. Um, You can find the main account on Instagram and threads at wgta.fpl2. If you did enjoy today's pod, um, I'd really appreciate it if you could give us a follow on those socials, um, but also give the pod a five-star rating would be really, really helpful for us wherever you're listening to it. And if you have tuned in on YouTube, again, thank you so much for doing so. Um, We'd really appreciate it if you could leave a like and subscribe to the channel if you're watching on there. In the meantime, though, hopefully you enjoyed the pod. Hopefully I was able to assist you just a little bit ahead of game week 16. We will be back and the full roster will be back, I'm delighted to say, on Monday night after game week 16 is done as we look ahead to game week 17. Anyway, hope you all have a green arrow heading into next game week and I'll speak to you all soon. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist?
Social Podcast Network.